Hey, the next parak and a half go through the procedure that the basin would go through when giving somebody a death penalty. We've discussed the whole process of the judging, and once he is declared guilty, he would be killed by basin in one of four different ways, depending on what the Avera is. And the first of the four death penalties which will be discussed is Skila. Skilo literally means stoning, although as we're going to see, the way that Skilo was done is that he would be pushed off a tall building onto a stone ground, and only if he wouldn't die from the fall itself would they start stoning him. Now the Mishnah says, When they were around 10 Amas away from the building which they would use for the Skilo, to push him off from that building, Oimloi, the people bringing him there, would say to the person who was about to be killed, Hisvade, confess, say vidui. If you do tshuva and repent for the sin which you have done, then the death penalty will atone for your sin. The whole idea of the death penalty is in order to bring out about an atonement for the severe avera which he has done. This is really instead of a very severe punishment in the next world once he dies. However, the death penalty will only atone if it comes together with tshuva, and if he confesses about his sins. is the Mishnah. Excuse me, Shekain The way of people who are being killed is to confess. Because anybody who confesses their sins has a portion in Olam Haba, meaning this will take off their punishment, which they would get in the next world. Shekain Motsinu, because this is what we find, but Ochon, regarding Ochon. In Sefer Yeshua, the Pesukim describe how it was forbidden, there was a ban on taking any of the spoils of Yerichai once they conquered that city. However, Ochon went and did that, and he was punished by Skila. And before he was killed, Sh'omar Yeshua, Yeshua told him, Bini, my son, Simno Chobed L'Hashem Yisrael, give honor to Hashem, the God of the Jewish people, the Senli Soida, and give him a confession, confess for your sins. And the post goes on to say, And Ochon answered Yeshua, and he said, Indeed, I have sinned towards Hashem, the God of the Jewish people, and I did this and that. He did a confession, and the truth is, he didn't only confess for that particular Avera, but the Pesach there says, I did like this and like this. That implies that he also confessed for all of his other Averas. And this is also what we tell the person who's being killed by Beistin now to do. And how do we know that the confession which Ochon did atoned for his sins? As the Pesach says, And Yeshua said, how much have you caused us a disgrace? Hashem should cause you a disgrace on this day. And the Mishnah says that the Pesach implies that You are a disgrace on this day. But you're not considered to be in a disgraced position in Olam Haba. So you see from the words of Yeshua that the death penalty would atone for Ochon's sins. Now the Mishnah goes on to tell us that in Enio Delis what happens if the person being killed doesn't know to confess, doesn't know how to confess, meaning he has forgotten all of his Averas. He can't remember every Avera which he has done, so he's able to confess on this particular Avera for which he is being killed, but he can't remember all of his Averas. We tell him, Emer, you should say, My death should be an atonement for all of my Averas. Now, this ends off with an interesting discussion. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, If the person being killed knew that he had been falsely accused, 
the witnesses were false, and he doesn't actually deserve the punishment he is getting. So he should still atone, because at the end of the day he's being killed, and this will be an atonement for the rest of his Averis, which he has done. So Omer, he should say, My death should be a atonement for all of my Averis, except for this particular Avera, for which I am being killed, because that I didn't do. said to him in Cain, if so, if that is what he should really do, you who call him Everyone will start to say this. That's one in order to make themselves clean, meaning in order to show as if they are innocent. Everybody who is killed will start to confess and say that this shouldn't be an atonement for this particular sin because I didn't do it. Even if he did do it, because he will want people to think that he didn't actually do it. And if everybody will start to say that, then it will bring a bad name for Bastin, that everybody who was killed by Bastin claims that he didn't actually do that Avera. And so to avoid that happening, they shouldn't say that, rather they should just say that the death should be an atonement for all of his Averas. Mr. Gimel, it is learned from Pesukim that when a person is stoned, when he's given the punishment of Skila, it needs to be done when he is unclothed. One of the reasons behind this could be in order to kill him quicker, so the impact of the fall and of the stones won't be reduced by the clothes that he is wearing. And Mishnah tells us that when he was four amas away from the place where he's going to be stoned, they would take off his clothes. A man who is being stoned, they would cover his private male part in front of him. They would have a small piece of material which they would cover him with, and a woman who was being stoned, they would cover her female parts, both on the front side of her body and behind. But the Chachom say, only a man who is being stoned is stoned unclothed. However, a woman is not stoned unclothed at all. And once again, this is learnt from Psukim. It says, they should stone him. That's the whole makar, that's the whole source for why a man needs to be stoned unclothed at all. Because it says that he himself needs to be un- needs to be stoned, implying he by himself without any clothes. But the posuk there says, I saw him, not I saw, and her. And therefore when a woman is being stoned, she is stoned with her clothes on. It's also considered to be much more humiliating and immodest for the woman to be unclothed. The building from which he was pushed off to receive the punishment of Skila was the height of two people. It was double the height of a regular person. And that was around six amas. And they would bring the person up to the top of the building. One of the witnesses who had testified against him, he is the one to push him off. And he pushes him, Al Mosnov, on the sort of middle back part of his body. The area of his thigh, of his hips. And Nepachalibai, if he turned and ended up falling and landing on his heart, meaning face downwards, they would turn him over onto his back so that he was facing upwards. The truth is he wouldn't be facing upwards directly. That's considered to be quite humiliating. Rather, he would be facing sidewards upwards. And then she says, Mesbar, if he died like this, with just from the fall alone, Yotza, that's it, they fulfilled the mitzvah of killing him. He would have received his atonement, and that's it. But if not, then the second witness takes a stone, and this would be a very heavy stone, the and throws it onto the heart of the person being stoned. 
That's why he would be faced in a slightly upward direction. In Mesbo, if he died from that stone being thrown upon him, Yotsa, then that, at that point they would have fulfilled the death penalty. Vimelav, and if not, his stoning is fulfilled by all of the Jewish people, meaning they would add, they would start stoning him more, and anybody could do it now. Shenem, as the Pasuk says, The hand of the witnesses will be against him first, to kill him, and the hand of all of the rest of the people. At the end, if the first stoning didn't succeed in killing him. Alright, now the Torah says, When a person will have transgressed a sin for which he needs to be killed, then he is killed and you shall um, hang him on a tree. And we learn from there that all those who receive the death penalty of Skila are hanged after being killed. From Pesukim, the way we learn the Pesukim, Rebeliezer understands, Rebeliezer, that's the opinion of Rebeliezer, who understands that this only applies to somebody who was killed by Skila. Vachachom say, they learn out the Pesukim differently, such that they understand that the Pesuk is only referring to two specific cases. Only a Megadev, somebody who curses the name of Hashem, or somebody who serves Avedazara, idolatry, they are stoned, and then they would be hung. Now, when they hang the person who was killed, Ho'ish, if it is a person, then they would hang him such that his face would be facing the people, even though that's considered to be a larger humiliation for that person. Nevertheless, this is part of the process of killing him and sending a message to everybody else of the severity of these Averis, Ho'isha, Whereas a woman whose humiliation and shame is much greater to be hung in front of everybody else, Poneho Klapio 8, she would be hanged facing the wood away from the people. The Rebeliezer, that is the opinion of Rebeliezer, but once again, the Chachonon hold, only a man is hung after being stoned. But a woman is never hanged after being stoned, and this is learned from the Pesach. The Pesach says, The Pesach which we just quoted is talking about a man, and not a woman. Rebeliezer said to them, Surely there was a story where Shimon ben Shetach, who was a big Talmud Chacham, and a judge, he gave the death penalty and hanged women in Ashkelon. So we see that even women are hanged once they have been stoned. said to him, You're right, and you know what? He hanged 80 women on the same day, even though in general the law is that you're not allowed to judge two people to be killed on the same day. So anyway, this entire ruling and act of Bishim Ben Shetach was not something regular. Clearly he saw it fit to do that at that time because of the desperate measure, and even though the law is generally not like that, Shimon Ben Shetach ruled that it should be like that at that situation because that was what was required by that situation. But that is no proof for what is regularly done, and in general a woman is not hanged after being stoned. Now the Mishnah goes in to explain how would they hang him? They would sink a beam into the ground, a vertical beam, and another horizontal beam, a piece of wood, would protrude horizontally from that beam of wood. And they would tie both his hands one on top of the other. And they would hang him from his hands, and he would hang downwards from this horizontal beam in the air. 
Rabbi Yossi says, there was just one beam and it leant diagonally against the wall. Not like a regular gallows, but rather there was a long beam which was diagonal, leaning against the wall, and they would hang him below that like butchers do. Meaning he wouldn't be leaning on the beam, but he would be hanged. Just like the Tanakama, just that it's not a vertical and horizontal beam, it's just one beam leaning against the wall. The reason for Biyasi is that he learns from Psukim that the beam from which he is hung needs to be buried with that person. And the law is that he needs to be buried as soon as possible. If we're going to sink the beam into the ground, then it'll take a long time to get it out of the ground. And that will delay the burial, and therefore, according to Biyasi, we should just put one beam leaning diagonally against the wall so that we can take it off very quickly in order to bury it with that person. Now, they would not leave him hanging there for a long time at all. In fact, one person would hang him, and immediately somebody else would come, and untie him immediately. The Imlon, and if they leave him hanging overnight, over the law of Belisase, they would transgress a Averash. And as the Posuk says, you shall not leave his dead body hanging overnight on the wood, because you will surely bury him on that day. Which literally means the curse of Hashem is hung, meaning it's to, to be hung overnight is considered a bit like a curse to Hashem, the Gomer, etc. And the mission explains, Kaloma, that is to say, why is this person being hung? Because he cursed Hashem's name, and the name of Hashem was disgraced and desecrated by his Avera. And many understand this Mishnah to be saying that it's considered to be a disgrace and a desecration of Hashem's name if he is left hanging, hanging there, because anybody who now passes him, they'll start talking about what he did, this severe Avera, and that would be considered a Chil Hashem. Mishnah Hey, this is an unbelievable Mishnah. Mayor Mayor said, Bishosh Adomitzter, at a time that a person is suffering, and we're talking about this Russia, this wicked person who did an Avera for which he is being killed by Bastin. What is the expression which Hashem's presence, so to speak, says at the time that this Russia is being killed? Kvayachal, as it were, we can't literally say that Hashem feels things, but it's as if he says, Kalani Miroshi, Kalani which literally means, I am lighter than my head, or I am lighter than my arm. Meaning, my head and my arm are so heavy, I can't bear this suffering. If that's how much Hashem, so to speak, suffers and feels pain when the blood of Rishayim is spilled, when Bastin are fulfilling the mitzvah of killing this Russia, and Hashem feels so much pain, all the more so when a tzaddik, somebody who has not been pronounced guilty, and is not receiving a death penalty by based, by based in. When he is killed, how much more so is Hashem, so to speak, in pain? Alright, now the Mishnah goes back to the discussion of the previous Mishnah. Not only is there an Avera to leave this person who has been killed hanging overnight, but anyone who leaves a dead body overnight without burying the body on the same day that the person died, transgresses an Avera. This same Avera. Now that having been said, if they left him overnight for his own honor, for example, to bring him a coffin, or the things with which he is wrapped in, for the honor of the dead person when he is going to be buried, then in over a love, they would not transgress this Avera. 
And the Mishnah ends off, when a person is killed by Beistin, they wouldn't bury him in the coffins, excuse me, in the graves of his ancestors, in a regular graveyard, in a regular cemetery. Rather, there were two graveyards which were designated for Beistin. One was for all of those people who were killed by the, by the death penalty, by being beheaded by the sword or by strangulation, the Echolan is called Nansrofen, and there would be a separate graveyard for those who were killed by the, death pen- by the death penalty of stoning or being burnt. And the reason for all of this is because a Russia cannot, be- cannot be buried next to a Tzaddik. And not only that, since the, the two death penalties of stoning and burning are considered to be more severe for more serious Averis, those who transgress such Averis cannot even be buried with people who get the death penalty of being beheaded or strangled. Because compared to them, they're considered to be much more wicked. Which is a frightening thing, if you think about it. There's such a big difference. A murderer. The death penalty for a murderer is that he is killed by the sword, he's beheaded. Somebody who breaks Shabbos, that death penalty is Skila, which means that somebody who breaks Shabbos is considered to be so wicked that he can't even be buried together with a murderer. Uh, frightening thought.